today's episode, we're discussing how to prepare kids for a big move. Hey everyone, welcome to the Papa Fatigue podcast, the podcast for dads by dads. If you've been a frequent listener to the podcast, you may know that Jim and I know each other because our daughters are friends and they go to the same school. And Jim and his family have recently decided to move away, uh, which is sad for us, uh, but which entails moving cities and schools. And he's been prepping the kids in the house, and we thought it would be a good time to check in and see how things are going. So quickly, here's my deal. I'm Dave. I have a seven-year-old girl, actually an eight-year-old girl now, and a four-year-old boy. I'm Jim. I got a seven-year-old girl and a five-year-old girl, and we're moving. (laughs) Yes. And apparently, uh, in doing the research, you are not alone, right? So typically, about 10% of children ages 1 to 14 move in any given year. And at least one third of that group, the move entails switching schools. And, you know, doing kind of more research about this, I had always thought, well, you know, move is a move. But really the research shows that, you know, when you're moving and in particular when you're moving schools, there is an impact on the child no matter how old that child is. I just found this kind of quote that I thought was interesting. It's from uh, Rebecca Levine Cooley, who is a professor of psychology at Boston College. And she said, Moves during both early and middle childhood can be associated with at least temporary decreases in children's social skills and increases in emotional and behavioral problems. And you know, I think when you sit down and think about it, that is not necessarily shocking news, but it is kind of good to kind of see and to think about as you're going through this process. It doesn't mean that all children are going to be similarly impacted, but again, it's just, I think, something interesting to keep in mind. Um, so, Jim, you know, kind of before we get into sort of how you're prepping the kids for this move, love to kind of get a sense of what your background is in terms of, you know, did you move a lot as a child? I think around here there's a there's a sort of rhythm that I see in my friends and other families, and I think probably you would as well, where, you know, a couple meet, they get married, then they buy the house, and they, you know, buy the house in the school district before the kid even starts school, before they, you know, even start kindergarten, which I think in hindsight is the way to go. So in my family... Uh, that's what happened. I moved at kindergarten. So I had some preschool years, not a big deal. You know, I can't even remember. I think I had one friend that I remember from the block. And then I started kindergarten and then I was at, I was in kindergarten until, you know, almost at the the end of high school from in the same house from kindergarten until the end of high school. So it was pretty stable for me. And then my brother was younger. It didn't affect him. My sister was, uh, so she went into third grade. And I do remember being somewhat aware of her transition and that my parents were, they, they went to great effort to let my sister and her her best friend from our old town uh, stay in touch like they you know it was a several hour drive and the, the parents would drive halfway hand off the kids and they you know come stay with us for a couple of days or go stay there for a couple of days uh so i know that it had a bigger impact on her um but uh but other than that you know same we didn't move in, until i was done with high school so uh, i don't think it really affected my family other than that that third grade episode with my sister like you, we moved, I guess we moved when I was in fifth grade, but we didn't change schools. And I think that really is the key part, right? Because when you're not changing schools, it's like, oh, cool, you're in this new house. You know, well, I mean, maybe you've upgraded, maybe you haven't. But, you know, I I think it's, there still is that sense of some level of normalcy because you still have your friends intact. Jim, if you want to talk a little bit about maybe you know, your current housing situation and then what your future, what your future housing situation is going to be like. My family lives in an apartment. It's a part of a duplex in an urban area and we're on the second floor and we've got a pretty big backyard by 
by city standards, but it's hard to get to. You got to go down a winding staircase in the you know the side of the house, or you got to go through the garage to get there. So we really didn't spend a lot of time in the backyard, and and we really never felt like our yard. It felt um, more like our neighbor's yard. So uh, we didn't use it use it a lot, but we had a lot of open space. We have a lot of open space around us in parks, and um, and sort of nature space, and uh, and we can walk everywhere. And, you know, for a while I was walking the girls to their their school or their daycare that was nearby. There's a little commercial center where, you know, you can get the necessities and groceries and things like that. So it was a very pedestrian, very uh, close-knit kind of arrangement. Uh, there are other neighbors in the in the neighborhood that have kids the same age. And so, you know, we're close with those families. We, you know, climb over the fence into their yard and play. So it's a very intimate, I don't know how to describe it. It's just a, it's, it feels small in a way. It feels like everything's compact, you know? We can walk to the grocery store, see our kids, see the neighbor's kids, go to the parks and things like that. So it's a very, very compact sort of thing. And it's very different from moving to the suburbs. You know, there's, I've probably told you this joke before, you know, what do you buy a five-year-old for their for their fifth birthday? You buy them a house in the suburbs. And that's what we did, you know? So I think we were one of the, the few families that held out as long as we had. And I can kind of understand why. It's a big change. So we've got the big backyard. The girls are going to have their own room, which is great. And uh, there's lots of open space nearby, but it's all driving. So in a way, it feels very isolated. There are some uh, some neighbors nearby that have children the same age, and I imagine we'll end up being close with those families, and the, the girls will end up making friends with them. But aside from that, you know, let's say five-house radius, three-house radius of our, of our places, everything else is going to be in the car, and it's going to be a different way of different way of living. Um, that I think we're all just going to have to get used to. So the other component to this move, right, in addition to the actual house, is going to be changing schools. Can you talk a little bit about how your oldest, again, is seven, your youngest is five, like obviously your oldest is in a school, but is your youngest in a daycare? Like, you know, can you talk a little bit about that and what you think the transition might be for them? For the younger one, I'm not so concerned about. She had been in a preschool, and then, uh, you know, we had the year of COVID, so she was just kind of in a daycare with a couple other kids. And she's recently started another preschool, but she doesn't have any... It's not like she's been with a class of kids for two or three years. You know, she's had, at that age, relationships are pretty transitory. And she's got a couple of good friends that she's known for years, right, for, you know, two years or half her life or something. But um, but even, you know, we haven't seen those people a lot during during pandemic, you know, so they haven't had a lot of play dates. So she's not, she's not, I mean, first at that age, I don't think they have a real strong social scene, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they, uh, and also it's just, you know, the nature of, of that age, everything's just a little bit more transitory. So I'm not, she's going to be starting kindergarten. She's been in sort of a, a transient uh, sort of fluid situation with the preschool and the daycare and all that. So I think she's going to land. Uh, kindergarten is going to be new. Uh, but it's going to be new for everybody. Right. You know, it's her first big year, big big kid school. You know, I think she's going to. It's it feels like a regular transition from preschool to the beginning of school. For the older one, she's now she'll be going into third grade, and uh, she's been with her classmates for four years now, and a lot of them, you know, as the cohorts have advanced from one grade to the next, she's ended up with a lot of the same kids. So she's got some longstanding relationships, and. Um, I think it's going to be, my feeling is that it's going to be more difficult for her for a couple of reasons. One, that 
my impression, and I'm not speaking as a psychologist or any way like that, but my impression is that that second grade to third grade, or maybe even fourth grade, it feels like the kids are figuring out some social dynamics that it's just beginning more complicated, right? You know, when kids are younger, do you want to play with me? Great, let's play. Now we're friends. As kids get older, it feels like it's just, uh, there's, it's more nuanced. So I think that's, it's going to be difficult to transition in that developmental stage, I suppose. And then, uh, and the second is all brand new. So she's going to be walking into a class with kids that have been together for three or four years. And I think the saving grace this year is that those kids have all been in remote school. So when they come back to in-person school in the fall, then, you know, my daughter can kind of just slide in there as, you know, one of the other kids that, that haven't been around in a year. And there's also, we've learned that there's probably three or four kids that are also going to be new in third grade. So she won't be the only new kid there. And my wife tells a story about, uh, you know, a kid that joined her class in third grade. And, and to this day, she still refers to him as the new kid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's, he was the new kid at school in third grade. So I don't think she's going to have that experience. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I like to do uh, at our school, especially because, you know, like you said, right, the kids have kind of been together for so long is a lot of times um, when you look at the incoming class, I'll kind of say, oh, hey, I don't recognize this name. And if I don't, I'll see if they're new. And if they are new, I'll be like, hey, do you guys want a play date? Like it's a little bit of a softer landing for your child because my daughter's been here for whatever, four or five years at this point. And, you know, it's always nice to have somebody who they know. And I, I, let's say, I think we've kind of successfully done that, I guess, what, two out of the five years. And I remember one child in particular, she came in and it was kindergarten. And uh, our daughters were like inseparable at the beginning. And, and I think certainly for that other girl, like she came into the school already having sort of, quote, a best friend. That's what the, how mm-hmm. she was referring mm-hmm. to my daughter. And uh, this year also, we had a play date with a girl who's new to the school and um, you know, right now our girls are kind of joined at the hip. So I, I think it's kind of a nice way and it doesn't always have to be right. Like the, 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 the incumbent child that is inviting, but certainly if you're the new kid, you know, to go, Hey, we live nearby. Um, you know, I don't know where you're going. Also the, the schools pull, uh, pull by neighborhood mm-hmm. where, you know, you'd be like, okay, well, you know, you live just down the corner. Like, Hey, you don't have a play date before school starts to just sort of get that introduction and sort of that one-on-one time where they're not sort of overwhelmed with, you know, what are 20 other kids in their class, but to know, Hey, I know that kid in my class, we've had some play dates before. Um, and I I think that that's kind of a nice sort of runway into the beginning of the school year and and a way to kind of get kids ramped up. I think the marvel of this day and age is that, you know, there's a, there's a Facebook group for families in that neighborhood or a Facebook group for the families at that school. And so my wife in particular has been able to use that to make some connections and to have some relationships start already. And so we're planning on having some play dates over the summer, yeah. both with the other kids that are going to be new to the class. And then also for some of the existing kids, there, there are other families that have the same daughters at the same ages, right? So, you know, eight and five uh, or, you know, nine and six or something. So we'll try to get together with them. And as you said, just show up on the first day of school and there's at least one familiar face, right, you know, right. or hopefully two or three familiar faces. So that doesn't feel quite so overwhelming. So uh, can you talk a little bit about, you know, in terms of the move, like, you know, how far are you moving roughly, like, you know, current location, uh, if you do, so it sounds like you started reaching out to some of the families at the school, but, you know, outside of that, do you guys already have any friends or family in the new area you're going to? Give us a little bit of background on that. We're moving about 40 minutes from where we are now, which doesn't feel very far. And it, that's probably about how long it would take just to get to the other side of town now. <laughs> Uh, 
but there's something about you know leaving the city and you know they yeah. call it uh, what do they call it in the east coast the bridge and tunnel crew you know right. there's something about <laughs> the bridges and tunnels that's just makes it psychologically so much more daunting than just yeah. a 40 minute drive it feels like an adventure you know you're going over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house it just it feels like much further than it is and it's, it's going to be so it's mostly well so i've got some friends over there they're adult friends and adult friends that the people that i know let's say people i play sports with things like that uh those those people those are people i could talk to once a year and still consider them my friends so we don't have a real tight social situation over there we do have uh, one of my wife's friends from high school her family recently moved over there they've got kids that are kind of the similar age um so at least we've got that but other than that we're we're just landing in landing in new territory so how are you preparing the kids for this move right and i think there's sort of three stages to the move right there's the sort of the lead up to the move then there's the actual moving day or week or you know however long it takes you to kind of get settled in and unpack and everything and then there's the post phase where okay now we're sort of settled in um, but you know you started to kind of ramp up for school my wife and i borrowed on a lot of the other parenting practices that we've used since uh, you know since early on and, and it'd be like taking a big trip uh, you know, or starting a new school or whatever the, that, um, the anticipation of a big event, we just talked about it. We've talked about it a lot. We've involved the children in the conversations we've had, you know, my wife and I had very, uh, open and, and, uh, public conversations in front of the kids. We've had them involved in those sorts of decisions and just tried to just talk it out. You know, we had, um, uh, you know, wanted to give a structure. We didn't really know when we were moving. We had made the decision we were going to move. And uh, so, like I say, we just kept talking about it, even though we really didn't know what the particulars were. Um, we've taken a couple of trips, or we took a couple of trips over there for the weekend and uh, looked around and just tried to get familiar just to see what it, like the environment feels like, what the air is like, and the weather's a little bit different. And, you know, there's a lot of greenery. It's not so much in the city. And so try to just make it familiar, make the, the new something that's going to be more familiar when we land there. Um, We've been very clear about a timeline, and uh, in researching for this article, there's a couple of tics, tips and that uh, that I'm going to start using. Um, we've got a calendar with timeline, and calendars are a little bit hard for kids to understand, but at least we've got we, we talk about it frequently. So we talk about the free, the the timeline uh, in front of the calendar. There's this week, this week is when we're going to start to pack, whatever. We talk about it on the the car ride to school all the time. So they we just through through repetition, they know we're going to start packing here. You know, we're going to have a couple of special events. Moving truck's going to show up. Then we're going to be here. We're going to unpack and, and you know, have, as you said, there's the beginning and the, uh, the after of the move. Just kind of show the landscape of what that's going to look like. And then we just, again, just repeat it over and over again. Just lots of communication. I'm curious, how did your oldest react when you told her? I mean, I, I presumably there's some mixed emotions there for her. I'm just kind of what, you know, could you see it sort of unraveling as she's like, I mean, were you like, we're going to move, you get a new red, you know, you get a new bedroom and she's like excited. Then she's like, oh, but what happens to my friends? Like, yeah. how, how did that process all play out? We, well, we were over there uh, today and on the drive back, my daughter said that her, her wishes came true, which is really sweet to hear as a parent. She's always wanted a house like her cousins or like her grandmother's house, which are suburban homes, you know, with a, you know, they don't have a downstairs neighbors and they've got a big backyard. So she's really happy about that. She said she's, you know, excited to be in a quiet town, which is kind of a sophisticated thing for a seven-year-old <laughs> to say. She likes the, likes the quiet countryside, I uh -huh. guess. 
but they her reaction was obviously much more nuanced you know there's there's a, a lot of fear a lot of anxiety we talk about that we talk about the fear and anxiety by talking about the move and about how you know just making it familiar and and routine and and discussing things very openly and then she's obviously got the grief and uh, she's also excited as you said she gets her own room we, we've got some play structure set up in the backyard she's pretty excited about that uh and i don't know how else to say it other than it's just a, a whole rainbow of, of emotions and really i'm just trying to pay attention and honor each of those as they come up and you know encourage the excitement you know underscore all the fun and happy things are going to happen be very sympathetic and give her the time and space to to grieve and i think for well i, I can't generalize but I, I think that what happens is that when grief comes up it touches on other things other grief so it ends up it may not be exactly about that thing it may be about something a little bit sideways to that thing like leaving their friends or yeah. um you know or, or leaving their school that they're familiar with and things like that yeah, I know the I know the girls have already planned for their first sleepover. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they passed that by you yet. <laughs> yeah, no, they've got plans. They've got plans. Yeah. So, um, I, you you touched a little bit on it, but I'm wondering, sort of, I guess, what if anything are you worried about as it relates to the kids in this movie? I am worried. Well, two things. So, um, first, I'm worried about. Uh, about acclimating to the new school. And I think we did talk about that pretty well. The, the younger one is going to be fine. Um, the older one's going to have to navigate the, the sort of transition that we talked about. Uh, but I'm also, and, you know, to the point about the, the sleepover, I want to be realistic about, about these relationships. And part of it is encouraging and being very assured, giving a lot of assurances that those friendships are going to last and there's going to be, you know, you can stay connected but also realistically, I don't know if they will. And so I want to be, I want to make every effort to encourage those relationships to continue, but I also want to be sensitive to the fact that maybe they won't. And, uh, like I said, I just don't want to make false promises. And maybe that's not so much a parenting issue as much as a, as a personal issue, but, um, I don't, I don't want to, I'm not going to tell them that those relate, that those they're, you know, friends for life because they may not be, you know, but they are good friends now and will continue those, those friendships for the foreseeable future, I suppose. <laughs> Based on their personalities, do you have any specific concerns? You know, again, I think as you as you point out, right, for the younger one, even if she had sort of an attached personality, the relationships kind of come and go at this at this point. And I, I think for the younger ones, it's I'm friends with whoever's like right in front of me right exactly. now. I think they don't yeah. have that sort of the temporality of it all. But for the older one, again, are you know based on who she is as a person, how she's developing. Are there any things that you say, well, she's X and so we're going to have to pay particular attention to this or, you know, Y or something like that? The older one is an introvert like I am, so I'm familiar with that. And people mistake introvert for being shy or withdrawn, and she really isn't. She's just, by being introvert, it just means that it takes uh, more uh, recovery time. So for more social activity, there's got to be some more self-care and quiet time to sort of recover from those events. And I feel exactly the same way. My wife is an extrovert. We'll go to a party and she'll come home just lit up and her eyes all sparkly because she just had a great time. And I am just tired, just drained. (laughs) I mean, I had a great time, but it's just, you know, I just got to have a little recovery time. So we're going to have to be sensitive about that. And I think it's going to take a lot of mental energy. Um, 
just to, uh, you know, as, as it will for me, I got to figure out new places. I got to get a new auto mechanic, figure out how to get around town. And those are all things that are just going to be, everything's going to be uncomfortable and a little weird for a while. And I think that's going to take a lot of mental energy on top of being an introvert and trying to, you know, make new friends and to socialize. So I'm planning on giving that a lot of attention, making sure that she's got enough uh, quiet space and support to just kind of recover and, um, you know, hopefully find out what she needs and, and be able to give it to her. Um, and again, like you said, with the younger one, I'm not worried about it all. Just her personality is, uh, she's fine. She'll jump in and just be fine. Right. So, you know, are you finding then that you're having either more conversations with the older one or different conversations with the older one? Or when you guys talk about the move, you kind of talk as a family or do you find that the older one just needs a little bit more, you know, time to kind of work through her emotions? She probably does just being older and having more, more complexity and more nuance to the, to her experience. I think that, uh, she does need reassurances. She'll ask me questions. Tell me again, what's going to happen. You know, tell me again, what, what's going to happen on moving day, you know, what's going to happen to grandma, things like that. So we, I tend to give her more reassurances with the family conversations, which would include conversations with the younger one. We just talk about what's going to happen, you know, and, and here's the timeline and we keep repeating it. The older one, I think just needs a little bit more, some little more assurances. In terms of the transition for school, again, you know, we're, we're focusing a lot on the oldest cause I think she's the one that's mostly impacted. You know, I read somewhere that, you know, teachers generally expect new kids to acclimate in about six weeks, you know, based on your oldest, you know, and her, her social, her social EQ or IQ, I guess, you know, do you think that she'll be sort of within that time frame? You're like, yeah, that seems about right. I mean, obviously you won't really know until you're there, but you know, do you think they'll, they'll still be through the grieving process or will it be all exciting and she can sort of acclimate maybe a little bit faster? Are you concerned about that at all? Or are you just like, ah, eh, she'll get there when she gets there. I think she will be acclimated by six weeks. I'm pretty sure of that. And I mean, if I had to guess, I'd say, by the end of the second week, she'll be pretty comfortable. By the end of the third week, I think she'll be fine. That's just my intuition. I'm not actually sure. I've never experienced this move or seen anyone else do it. So maybe it takes a little bit longer. The only parallel I can think of is her first, um, I guess her first preschool. So when she was in pre-K four and it was six weeks, it was almost exactly six weeks where she started school and it was hard to drop her off and she'd be, you know, she'd be crying and she, and by six weeks, no problem. So I think that that, that seems like a reasonable window and I, I think she'll make it in this time. So, you know, we've got a few recommendations to kind of recap what we've talked about and, and um, certainly we've touched a lot on these, but uh, a few things that we found, right? Communication. And you've talked a lot about keeping the kids in the loop, making sure that you're talking about it early and often. You talked about sort of honoring the experience and, and not just trying to feel, oh, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll make friends. It'll be fine. Right. Like, really yeah, right. Kind of, don't worry like, about it. <laughs> yeah. Don't stress. It, you know, you're going to be okay. But really kind of, you know, making sure that you're, that you're supporting them, I guess, in, in what they're going through and that it is a valid, uh, you know, all their emotions are valid. Yeah, exactly. Validating. Yeah. Right. Right. And then sort of that sort of planning, calendaring and the, the explaining process, sort of getting them ready for what's about to happen next. So the communication was one. Uh, the other thing we saw was packing and unpacking their bedrooms, sorry, packing their bedroom last and unpacking it first. I'm curious kind of how you guys are handling the packing situation. Uh, have you guys started packing already? And are you going to kind of go with that first last or what do you guys think in there? 
we've started decluttering, which was a helpful sort of early transition. It's kind of a soft sell on the way into, into packing and moving. So we went through and got rid of a lot of the old toys and some old clothes and just started kind of, you know, psychologically preparing for the idea that we're going to be packing. We're probably going to chuck a lot of stuff when we move anyway. Uh, and so first paring things down. And then we had each of the girls pack a, a special box. So they took all their most precious things, um, you know, their favorite stuffy and, you know, their their wallet with their tooth fairy money in it and things like that. And they packed it up in a box and we uh, we took it up to grandma's house. And so it's going to stay at grandma's house until we move. And I think that it was, my guess is that it, it helped in um, sort of like a representation of what we're right. doing, right? So they can put all their you know, metaphorical hopes and fears into this box and know that it's going to be safe. And then they'll recollect it at the, the other side and unpack it in their room. So, um, yeah. So the bedroom, unpack that first, get them settled, get their special stuff in there and then put up some familiar stuff as soon as we can. Things that they know about, uh, from there, we got a, you know, our calendar that we put up on the wall, family photos, things like that. Things that are, will make it feel familiar. Uh, one other point we saw was trying to maintain a regular schedule for meals and bedtime, right? Just as you, t you know, uh, familiarity, right? So the familiarity can be both in terms of your schedule, but it can be in sort of, again, how you surround yourself in the bedroom and putting up those things, that those objects that they identify with. Um, some other points, right, for preschoolers, talk about what's happening and fill them in when it's obvious. You guys have certainly done that. Let your child help with the packing and visuals are helpful. Right, preschool is—it's hard for them to be able to imagine what that's going to be like. So, if you have visuals, and actually, in the article I read, they were saying like we use Google uh, Google Photos a lot, right? Or maps to kind of show, okay, this is—you know—here's what it's going to look like down the street, or you know. So, obviously, a little bit different from where you guys are because you can actually go out there; they can actually see it, they can experience it. Um, have you guys done stuff like, oh, let's go, you know, find uh, the closest whatever pizza parlor to where we live and just kind of get that lay of the land and showing the kids where that is? Yeah, a little bit. I think the most important thing we did was go to visit their school. And yeah. we got um, when we were first over there looking for a place to live, we went and visited a lot of the a lot of the schools in a lot of the different neighborhoods just to see uh, what they're like and to try to make it familiar for the girls. And there was one that that they really liked. And just by chance, we ended up getting a house in that neighborhood. So they already know what their school looks like. That's We've great. been there, uh, you know, after we'd spent the day over there, we'd go over and they'd play on the playground. So they know we have, now we know where the classrooms are going to be. So they're familiar in that way. So I, I think that that, and then, as you said, just driving around and knowing where the grocery store is and things like that. I think they're starting to get more familiar with it as I am. Yeah. I mean, I guess one of the big changes for them will be going from an urban school to a suburban school. Exactly. Right. And also things will not be as, as vertical right? when you guys go yeah. It'll be a lot more spread out, like one floor versus like here we're in a building mm -hmm. of like seven stories. And so I'm sure it'll be nice and obviously a lot more greenery, I assume, than yeah. what they are right now. So that'll be nice transitions. You know, other things we read for school age children transition, find ways to say goodbye for closure. So, you know, how have you guys started to address this? I think you probably have a few ways that you're kind of working with them to kind of close that loop there. It's a fine line between we're going to continue these relationships or these are going away relationships, <laughs> right? right? It's our, yeah. Are we having a going away play date or a going away party or right. you know, how are we exactly going to frame these sorts of things? But trying to, trying to find, going to see that person for one last time, you know, there may be, and maybe that's, maybe that, you know, I let them make that decision when we go see those people. Maybe they say, see ya, you know, yeah. I wanted, I wanted to let you know I'm moving. 
or maybe it's I'm moving. Can we stay in touch? Um, for those that I think they do want to stay in touch with, there's something uh, I read about for pen pal kits, which sounds kind of cute, right? They put a little bag together with pens and papers and stamps and like, Hey, let's stay in touch, oh, which I think nice is a nice gesture. Uh, and then, you know, email accounts, which my daughters aren't using email yet, but that's something that's a good, maybe the adults can, can supervise an email account. And we're also, um, for those relationships that are going to continue, we're already planning play dates on the other side. So they've got something to look forward to. They know that they will see that friend after the move, whether it's here or there, um, which I think gives them a little bit sense of stability. You know, I wonder, do you think that it would be easier if you guys were moving somewhere that wasn't so close, right? You know, as we talk about this closure in a sense of like, you know, are we calling this relationship over or not? Because they're, they're sort of close enough to be able to say like, oh, I want to go see that person. But at the same time, it, it might feel far away. Whereas like, you know, if you moved across the country, there's sort of a natural mm-hmm. sense of closure. Like we're not going to be able to see this kid at least for whatever right. year until we go back and see some family that lives in that old neighborhood. Like, I, I, do you think that it, it might be easier, I guess in, in this particular situation for your oldest, where you would say, look, hey, we're moving to, you know, across the country and you're not going to be able to see this person or or kind of being in this weird sort of middle ground is worse than that. I think it's the latter. You were talking about your relationship uh, with your friends when you moved, right? You were at the same school, same yeah. classmates. You just went to a different house. So that's obviously one end of the spectrum. And the other is the cross-country move, which is obviously a, a kind of a clean break. Like they may not see each other again. So you, you're right in that we're stuck in this middle ground where we are close enough to maintain those relationships, but it's just far enough away to be inconvenient. Yeah. And that's going to end up being, you know, and like I said, with the, with adult friends or family friends, it's fine. We get together once a year, you know, that's, <laughs> you know, maybe play golf every six months or something. It's not a big deal, but for the kids, you know, six months is a long time, you know, that's uh, what, like 15% of her life or yeah. you know whatever it is at this point. <laughs> so being able to bridge that, I think is going to be, We'll see how it goes. You know, that's going to be something that we'll have to pay some attention to. Yeah. Uh, a couple other points that we saw make the new familiar. So you had sort of talked about that, right? About going to see the school and kind of establishing some of those routines. Is there anything else that you might have maybe haven't mentioned about kind of getting that familiar sense uh, that you wanted to touch on? We talked about the play dates and getting to know some of the kids earlier. I think that's helpful for making it familiar. We we did visit the school. And then we've made several trips, several day trips over there. So it's not, when we do go over there, it feels like we're going, you know, to the other place that we live. It doesn't feel like an adventure to a foreign place. So I think, I think we are making good strides and making that familiar. I, you know, so one question I had, again, in doing the research, right? One of the things they talk, because we've sort of glossed over your youngest, mostly because, you know, she's probably going to have the easiest transition here. But I think one thing that was kind of funny was they were talking about, again, because of the age of the child, oftentimes younger kids can have questions like, okay, if we're going to move to the new house, like, do we get to keep the old house? Or like, yeah, right. you know, like what's happening with the <laughs> What's going to happen to their stuff? Right. Like, how does that work? Do I have to leave yeah. all my things at this old house? Has she asked you any kind of questions like that where, you're, where it, it sort of opens you up to sort yeah. of the thought process of a five-year-old as they're acquiring yeah. all these skills about the world around them? Yeah, exactly. And I think we've had those conversations where, exactly, what's going to happen to our stuff when we move? <laughs> it's coming It's coming with us. That's how it works. And then uh, the other place, there was still some of the other families' things there, uh, 
early on. And uh, same question, like, what are we going to do with this stuff? Like, well, it's, you know, it's, it's not ours. It won't be here <laughs> later. So, yeah, it is, um, it is, as you said, it's interesting to see the world through a five-year-old's eyes. And really, the, really, you know, the, the idea of uh, um, like paying rent, you know, I mean, how do you explain that to a five-year-old? That just doesn't make any sense. Like this is <laughs> the place we are now is not the place, you know, we don't own this. You know, it's, we pay somebody else money to stay here. And that's a, that's a difficult thing to, to explain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Well, the, and the, the last one, I guess, which is similar along the lines to sort of the mental piece is, is, you know, they say, don't take things personally. Right. So the example of a child saying, Hey, you know, I don't want to move. I hate you. You know, you're a terrible parent, right? That clearly, I don't think is going to happen to you. I, I know your kids. I hope not. Right. Yeah. But we, I guess we won't know until I suppose the day that the truck comes and you know, they yeah. start packing everything up, but it feels like she'll have a good transition. And, you know, you guys have been doing all this stuff, right? It's, we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast, right? It's sort of the intentional parenting, right? It's sort of mm-hmm. identifying, I think the things that you think are going to be problems and then getting in front of them and, and nipping them, the, them in the bud so that, you know, there aren't any big surprises when the truck comes and they know what's going to happen and they know where all their stuff is going. And, you know, with it, I think that, you know, it's, it's going to be, um, I think what'll be interesting is that sort of once your current place is packed up, like that last yeah. moment where the kids are like all the furniture is gone. Mm-hmm. And, um, I guess to bring in a little bit of pop culture right now, right. It's like that friends moment that, you know, cause they just had mm-hmm. the, the reunion, right? The, you've, you've grown up with this place. This is all they've known. You know, the couch belongs here. The TV yeah. belongs here. This is where we eat. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's before they even know it, the place is going to be empty. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. sort of, will that bring, is that the part where now, okay, it's real. And now, you yeah. know, the, the emotion gets ramped up. I'm sure, you know, look, even for adults, that's an emotional moment, right? To say, okay, this is the thing. I'm, I'm wondering, you know, what'll happen for your oldest. I think, I'm sure, you know, what I, I my guess is with with your youngest, because I remember this when we moved into our new house. We went from a condo to a, a single family home, and uh, at my parents' place, there's this hallway that runs the length of the house, and the previous owners had a dog, and we found a ball. And I I remember the first day we were in there, my brother and I found the ball, and we were playing soccer in the hallway because we mm-hmm. never had this long yeah. strip of space. And so I, you know, my guess is that your youngest will just be kind of running around like, hey, it's a playground, right? Like everything's gone. Look at this. But the emotions that um, you know, will come up, I think in the, the three older people will be, you know, that's probably the hardest piece. And, and then that, that drive over and then, and then everything changes, right? Once you get to your place and everything's unpacked and the process of unpacking. But, uh, what I'm anticipating is the, particularly for the younger one is just a sudden awakening of how ephemeral everything can be, how uh-huh. that, you know, their, her whole world, meaning our house and everything in it can just be swept up and taken away. You know, it's going to go somewhere else, but just that, that sense of like, wow, that can happen, you know, that, uh, the whole world can just be folded up and moved somewhere else. Um, I'll, I'll be paying attention to her, see how she handles that. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. You know, I think it, moving is just so much more, it's so more, much more complicated than just sort of the, the, you know, nuts and bolts tackling a lot of stuff that you think of. You know, I certainly didn't until I really started to kind of research the topic. It just didn't occur to me that there was all this stuff. I mean, some of it is a little bit more obvious than others, but there's just so much wrapped up into, you know, that move. And, and, mm-hmm. and I think, again, because you're sort of midway 
between moves because you haven't gone to another state or somewhere where it's like, okay, we're just going to cut it off here, which makes it maybe that much more complicated in particular for your oldest to kind of go, well, they're, my friends are just, they're, mm-hmm. they're just over there. But in fact, you know, when it comes down to the, the day in and the day out of managing the weekend and kind of figuring out, you know, well, now all of a sudden you have soccer practice and we can't go to, you know, go see your friend like we could before. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's quite a, a thing to tackle. We hope you found today's episode informative. If you'd like to support the podcast and hear more discussions around fatherhood, please subscribe and drop us a review. If you got any questions, hit us up on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash papaifatie. That's P-A-P-A-E-S-T-F-A-T-I-G-U-E. Thanks for listening.